On today's episode of Faith and Focus, I want to respond a little bit to kind of the scandal uh, surrounding Andy Stanley's church. He's kind of having this conference, this LGBTQ conference, and so he responded to it in kind of in a closed. Um, he didn't. They didn't stream their service, but you know, obviously, someone recorded uh, some of it. So. He said a couple things in there that uh, that I want to respond to, and of course a lot of people have already responded to a lot of it, uh, but I want to respond to one thing in particular that he said uh, that I really think needs to be addressed, so that's what I'm going to be talking about, talking about on this episode. Alrighty, well, uh, as I said in the intro, Andy Stanley uh, got himself into a controversy yet again, as he's apt to do, and it's over LGBTQ issues. And if you're on if you're on social media and you're kind of keyed into some of the stuff, you've probably seen some of it. He's having this conference, and it's you know hosted by and it involves some of the speakers are people who are in same sex marriages, and so people are saying you know in in North Point his church hires and has people on staff who are in same-sex relationships and so in are very pro affirming of same so just it's just a whole mess and of course uh andy stanley is wrapped up in it because he's the head pastor of this behemoth of a church of tens of thousands of people or however many people attend the various churches that are associated with north point so um Of course, big scandal, and people are responding to a couple clips in particular. So this past Sunday, he gave a sermon at his church, kind of just explaining, it was sort of like an in-house sermon, and that's why they didn't live stream it, presumably. Um, But of course, you know, it's thousands and thousands of people, people were recording it. So uh, the audio has been since been leaked, and so there's a couple clips that people have been responding to um, in particular, and... You know, what can you say? I mean, it's it's kind of, I feel like, sort of typical middle ground um, kind of compromising positions. Andy Stanley says, well, we don't agree with it. We teach biblical things. But, you know, um, you know, if you've listened to me long enough, you know, I take it with a grain of salt what I'm saying when I'm comparing these to laws because, you know, my position on law and grace and all that kind of stuff. But I do think it's important that we understand that um, if someone was to say the law is that you have to drive 25 miles an hour, but the cops don't pull you over unless you go over 40, well, then that's really what the speed limit is. There is no law that says it's 25. The law says it's 40 miles an hour. So whatever is allowed is really kind of what the standard is. So I think that there is a parallel, I think, in this, that if you kind of have a middle ground position as a church to say something like, you know, our position is we do not agree with same-sex marriages. We think the Bible doesn't allow for that. But we don't do anything about it. We allow it. It's permissible. It's whatever. We kind of just sweep it under the rug or whatever. It doesn't, there's there's no fundamental difference between it and people who are, you know, in a, in a heterosexual biblical marriage then you don't really have a stance on homosexuality and homosexual marriage. So, again, it's the problem when you try to ride that fence. You inevitably are going to come down on one side or the other. But I also want to tie this into a passage that inevitably most people have never heard. They've never heard it preached on. 
And and whenever I read this or share this with people, they think, well, hold on, wait a second, wait a second, wait a second. And and, and people even I've had say, I don't know, that sounds legalistic. I'm like, it's the Apostle Paul. I can't, I mean, you can call the Apostle Paul a lot of things. Legalistic is not one of them. So, so I want to take a look at that as well. But <clears throat> I want to start by, you know, playing the first clip. And this is the one that's getting a lot of uh, airtime. And so I want to I want to start with that one, but I want to end with one that I haven't really been hearing a lot of people comment on. So here's this 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 first clip here, um, and and I apologize that it, it's kind of quiet. So you're gonna might have to turn up a little bit because again this is just recorded on someone's phone in the church. So here we go. And for many men and men, women who put their faith in Christ, they just decide, okay, I'm just gonna buckle down. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna bear down. I'm just gonna be by myself. I'm not gonna have family. I'm gonna be sexually pure. And many, 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 many do that for long seasons of time. And some, for some, it's, it's, it's their whole life. But for many, that is not sustainable. And so they choose a same-sex marriage. Not because they're convinced it's biblical. They read the same Bible we do. They chose to marry for the same reason many of us do. Love, companionship, and family. And in the end, as was the case for all of us, this is the important thing I want you to hear me say, it's their decision. Our decision is to decide how we respond to their decision. Our decision as a group of local churches is how are we going to respond to their decision. And we decided 28 years ago, we draw circles, we don't draw lines. We draw big circles. If someone desires to follow Jesus, regardless of their starting point, regardless of their past, regardless of their current circumstances, our message is come and see and come sit with me. Okay. So hopefully you can hear that. Um, you know, I, I, again, I know that, I don't know. You probably have opinions already on what he's saying there. Uh, and your mind may already be made up, but I do think that there's a couple things that, that need to be mentioned, and I think his position stems out of what I think is the deeper issue uh, that I want to talk about. But essentially what he's saying is, this is the biblical position. Biblical marriage is a man and a woman. And there's sexual ethics, too, that govern that, you know, it's, that govern even straight people's relationships. So um, He says, biblically, this is what we uphold, this is what we believe, this is what, you know, our church teaches, it's always believe this, it always whatever. But then the part where he says, hey, you know, but there's some people that just can't live that way. So they don't. And they, they enter into a homosexual marriage. And then he says, you know, our position is that we draw circles, not lines. Well, what the heck does that mean? (laughs) Okay, well, what, what I think it means and kind of the context of what he's saying kind of bears that out is we don't draw like a line between you and me like that's that's exclusionary that's 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 um you know that's not that's exclusive that's not inclusive we want to be an inclusive you know and this is kind of a big part of kind of the seeker friendly churches is you know drawing circles not lines and just everyone and and so this idea is like belong before you believe that's one saying you know it's this this idea that you know everyone is welcome and of course everybody is welcome 
but all shallows are clear. You know, to say things like all are welcome, so therefore we draw circles, not lines, I mean, ignores the fact that there are parts of Scripture that clearly speak of a relationship and with Christ and with, with, the, with the fellowship with the body of Christ is exclusionary. It's not, you know, whatever Andy Stanley means by saying we don't draw lines at this church, it is clear that there are parts of Scripture that there are lines drawn. Now, I'm not, I'm not saying that I understand these passages clearly or that I understand them clearly, but I do think that, that um, sometimes these, these seeker-friendly churches just look at these passages and say, that is too radical, that's too exclusionary, that's too legalistic, that's too bigoted, that's too whatever. I don't know what Paul's talking about, but clearly it's not for us because we draw circles, not lines. Now, what do I mean? This passage in 1 Corinthians 15, it's a short chapter, but I want to just read through it and just kind of, you know, let what Paul says speak for itself. He's dealing with an issue in Corinth, and he says, It is actually reported that there is immorality among you and immorality of such a kind as does not exist even among the Gentiles, that somebody has his father's wife. That's pretty bad. You have become arrogant and have not mourned instead so that the one who had done this deed would be removed from your midst. So he's committing this sin. It's an unbiblical behavior. And rather than mourning and removing him from their midst, drawing a line, they've drawn a circle. And so they're celebrating rather than mourning it. And he says, for I, on my part, though absent in body, but present in spirit, have already judged him who has so committed this as though I were present in the name of our Lord Jesus. When you are assembled and I with you in spirit, with the power of our Lord Jesus, I have decided to deliver such a one to Satan for the destruction of his flesh so that his spirit may be saved in the day of the Lord Jesus. Now, I don't necessarily know exactly what Paul all means there, (laughs) the handing over, but what I do think is happening is that Paul is drawing on the principle that Jesus laid out in the Gospels. I believe it's Matthew 18, 18 or 19, but you know the passage. It's where two or more are gathered, and I am there in the midst. And we often think of this as, that's a church. Wherever two or three are there, Jesus is there in the midst. So if you want to have a prayer meeting, you can ask Jesus, and he's there in the midst, and he hears you. Okay, all those things are true, but that's not really what Jesus is talking about. The context there is he's talking about authority being granted to the body of Christ. I mean, this is how I read it. You can read it how you want. But right there in the context, this is when Jesus talks about, you know, if your brother has a is engaged in a sin, you go to them privately. We, we're all familiar with this, right? You go to them privately, and if if they repent, great, you've won a brother. That's great. If they don't, then take another brother and go to them privately. There's the two of you. And if they still reject it, bring them before the elders, before the church. And if they still won't repent, then treat them like a Gentile, an outsider. It's basically, you don't draw a circle to include this person. You draw a line and you exclude them. You treat them like a Gentile. And and there's reasons for this, but Jesus in that context says, when two or more are gathered, I am there in your midst. And so I think Jesus is saying, I there am, am there in my authority and my stamp of approval and my, my affirmation. You know, if you've got a, a, a group of Christians who are all following the Lord and they've decided this is beyond the pale of biblical ethics, this is a sin that's gone too far, like sleeping with your dad's wife, you shouldn't be celebrating it. You should be mourning and you should remove them from your midst. And Jesus will be there in spirit. And Paul is saying the same thing. Hey, I'm not there with you present. But, hey, my authority, I'm there with you in spirit. This is what needs to happen. So, clearly, there are times when things are beyond the pale 
with biblical ethics and you have to say we're drawing a line not a circle this is this is unacceptable and paul continues on in that passage and he kind of explains some of his thinking he says in verse 6 your boasting is not good do you not know that a little leaven leavens the whole lump of dough clean out the old leaven so that you may be a new lump just as in fact you are leavened are unleavened for christ our passover lamb has been sacrificed he's drawing on old testament uh, pictures of the of the Passover and the unleavened bread, which leaven was, you know, a, a symbol of, of sin or a picture of sin. Therefore, let us celebrate the feast, not with old leaven, nor with the leaven of malice and wickedness, but with the unleavened bread of sincerity and of truth. And in verse 9, I wrote you in my letter, so Paul had previously already told him this, not to associate with immoral people. I did not at all mean with immoral people of this world or with the covetous and swindlers or with idolaters for then you would have to go out of the world. It's like, how can you win somebody to Christ? If I mean, that's all unbelievers are these things, but actually I wrote to you not to associate with any so-called brother. If he is an immoral person or covetous or an idolater or a reviler or a drunkard or a swindler, not even to eat with such a one for what have I do to do with judging those outside the church? Do you not judge those who are within the church? For those who are outside, God judges. Remove the wicked man from among yourself. So again, this is not an easy passage to deal with, but there's no denying that Paul is saying there are certain things that are beyond the pale. And there is a reason why you don't draw a circle and include certain people if they're, I mean, again, this is not to say, and people hear this and they say, well, nobody's perfect. So if we just kicked everyone out who sins, there would be no one left in the church. That's not the point. You have to understand, remember what Jesus was talking about? Jesus was saying, you've got a brother who you've gone to privately and he's not repenting. He's, you know, brazenly saying, I don't, I'm not going to change. I'm not going to forego this sin. I'm going to keep going. I, I don't care. There's obviously an unrepentance to it. So you bring another person. And I think that's in part because, hey, none of us are perfect. So our judgment might be skewed. We may not be sure if we're seeing things the right way. So if we've got another brother who says, yeah, this is wrong. This is, this is not good. Then we go and we've got two or three witnesses coming together and we can say, listen, this is bad. And they're still not repenting. And then we bring them before the church and the entire church is in agreement. This and the elders in particular, this is not okay. This is wrong. And the person is still engaged. So this is not a person who's struggling with a sin. This is a person who says, I don't even see this as a sin. It's not a problem. Who cares? Stop bothering me. Leave me alone and don't draw a line and exclude me or, you know, and, and there's all these ways that these work out in, in our churches today. And I understand that this is a hard passage because we look at this and we do think, holy cow, if you started applying this, this might cut out a lot of people. This might draw a line and really separate a lot of people. Why would you want to do that? Well, the reason Paul gives, at least in part, is because the body of Christ is not just some kind of worldly institution in which you can have people that aren't really united with the other members of the body. The body is an organic group. It's it's the body of Christ. There's there's an organic union to it. So, you know, in Corinthians, when Paul says, you know, what happens to one part of the body affects all of the parts of the body. You can't, you can't just, you know, lop off a foot and think that doesn't affect the hands or, or, or the mouth or any other parts of your body. It's going to cause all of you to hurt. So when one part hurts, we all hurt. When one part suffers, we all suffer. You can't just separate the different parts of the body. You can't just separate different parts of the local church and say, well, that person over there has serious sin issues and they're not, they don't really care uh, about dealing with it, but that's whatever. You know, who am I to judge? Paul says, you're, about, you're part of the body of Christ. That's who you are to judge, first of all. But who am I to judge? 
that's their own thing. They're not hurting anybody. And then we think, you know, just this idea that, you know, if they're not hurting anybody, it's their own life. It's between them and God. It's not just between them and God. Part of the body of Christ, one of the things that you relinquish by becoming a part of the body of Christ is you do adopt this corporate mentality, this corporate identity of the body of Christ. You are no longer just your own. You know, when Paul talks about you, you are individual members and you belong to the other members of the body of Christ. There's a corporate identity. So when Paul says, a little leaven leavens the whole lump, what that person is doing is affecting the rest of the community. Now, he doesn't necessarily delineate how that happens. It could just be, hey, if this person over here is engaged in sin and nobody seems to care, big circle gets drawn around them. Well, then why can't I just stand over here and if anyone calls me on it, I'll just say, hey, you haven't dealt with so-and-so, so what are you talking to me for? And kind of lowers the, the bar on all of this. Um, it, you know, it just affects the body of Christ. And we're not necessarily called upon to know exactly why and to diagnose that. We're just called upon to act. So the bigger issue with Andy Stanley um, comes out in this other clip. And I think this is, gets to the heart of why. You know, again, you might be sitting there thinking, I've never heard that in 1 Corinthians 5. That doesn't sound like something we should be doing as Christians. Maybe your pastor has never preached on it because it's pretty harsh. It's, 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 it's not the big tent, you know, belong before you believe. All are welcome. We're inclusive here. We all, whatever, we're drawing a big circle, no lines and all that kind of stuff. Yes, that kind of flies in the face of that. And, you know, I don't, I have never necessarily heard anyone give a good explanation of what Paul's talking about that isn't pretty harsh. They just don't address it, I don't think. And I think the reason they don't address it is in this clip. And again, see if you can catch what Andy Stanley says. And again, turn up because it's, you know, again, it's a little quiet. But here we go. What do we teach about these issues? And it's the same thing we have taught for 28 years. Nothing has changed. Again, I tell you all the time, Sandra and I raised our kids in these environments. We are thoroughly satisfied customers. I, the thought that somebody is leaving our church over misinformation and pulling their kids out of our fabulous environments, that breaks my heart. Their parents are going to be fine. You can find good preaching you know, just about anywhere. But the environments that we've created for kids, are they are the best. Again, thoroughly satisfied customers. But Did you catch that? Twice. He said, my wife and I raised our kids in here 28 years. We are thoroughly satisfied customers. And then he said again at the end, you know, people have raised their kids here. We've got the best kids program. Because, again, this, that's what this conference was about. It was about parents with kids who are struggling with uh, their their uh, sexuality. And they said, you know, people are pulling their kids out of our churches, but we've got the best environment for kids. We've got thoroughly satisfied customers. That is the underlying problem with Andy Stanley's mentality. Is, and I've harped on it a lot on this show. It's kind of one of my soapboxes, and I could probably rant on this for hours and hours and hours. I think it is the problem that undergirds nearly all of the problems of the Western church and the American church is we view the church and we operate in the church as if it is a business. The pastors and the workers are the employees. You, as the churchgoer, are the customer. And that is how we operate. Everything is catered as if you are the customer, you are a consumer. And Andy Stanley is explicitly saying that is how they view. And if you've listened to his leadership podcast and stuff, he doesn't even call, he, he doesn't talk about their church as if it's a church and that. 
because he's 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 painting broad principles just for leadership leaders in any field so he says at our organization this is what we do and these 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 principles are you know they can apply whether you work at home depot whether you run a pizza shop whatever but this is a, you know at our organization this is what we do here's how we treat our customers here's how our employees operate well yeah if you're running a if you're running a business i would think walmart's mentality would be you know what the customer's always right don't alienate the customer if someone comes in you know and they're holding hands with their same sex partner or whatever it's not your job as a stocker at walmart to walk up to them and say hey that's not allowed, you know. You shouldn't really be doing that. Uh, we don't want you coming here. Of course, like that would be stupid. Draw a big, if you work at Walmart, you better draw a big circle because we want all these customers. The church is not a business, though. And you can't just, you look at 1 Corinthians 5 and other passages. There are other ones, too. But you look at 1 Corinthians 5, it's like, we don't want to do that. That's not That's not very good for business. That, that we, we want a big customer base. We want, we want as many customers as we can possibly get, and we want to provide the best entertainment and the best product for them. And again, I've said this before, once you start to realize that churches operate this way, and all churches, I, I, you know, I know always is always wrong and all that kind of stuff. Most churches in America operate this way because the mega churches operate this way. The Hill Songs, the you know the the North Point churches. I think that's the name of North Point Community Church. I think that's Andy Stanley's church. The North Points, the the Mars Hills, the you know all of these mega churches. This is how they operate, and this is how they function. And everybody looks at them and think, well, they're successful, so we need to operate just like them. So all the way down to the 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 smallest church. That's why I've, I said in the previous episode, you know. Hillsong is like Apple. You walk into Apple and it's just this environment. It's like, holy cow, this is amazing. And every other church wants to emulate that, but it's kind of pathetic because you can't out Apple, Apple. You're not going to out Hillsong, Hillsong. And you're not going to out North Point, North Point. They're doing something completely different. They're running their business, their church, like a business, and they have happily, thoroughly satisfied customers that is why they operate the way they do. And that's why Andy Stanley has to have this position that he has. Rather than just saying, this is the biblical ethic, that we do not accept same-sex relationships. If you think, hey, I can't fit into, the, you know, I'm not a straight person. I can't live a celibate life or, you know, because nobody, I, you know, if, if you, he talks about, you know, people who, who have same-sex attraction, they just, they sacrifice that. They forego that for the kingdom of God and they just live a celibate life. But he says, yeah, you know, but some, for some people, they just can't do that. So they get same-sex married. Well, at that point, you have to say, Listen, you can't do that. Again, take the take the instance from 1 Corinthians 5. You know, if the son had just been like, you know what? I'm really attracted to my dad's wife, my stepmom. But, you know, I'm going to try to be celibate. You know, and the Corinthians are like, yeah, you know, that's a good idea. You should try to be celibate. And But then he's like, oh, you know what? I just can't do this anymore. You know, I, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just going to go for it. And the first, and the people in, in Corinth were like, oh, yeah, that's, that's great. You know, that's amazing. You know, you got to do what you got to do. You know, because we want a big circle, we don't want a line. You know, you're, you're welcome here. And it's like Paul saying, no, that's 
that isn't okay. There are certain things that we have to draw the line at. And, and I'm not saying that that's a clear line. The Bible doesn't make that line necessarily clear all the time. That's why I think it is a church decision and church elders have to be involved in this process because there needs to be discernment by the Holy Spirit in and amongst the people of God. But there are clearly lines where a person crosses it and it's like, this is too far. You need to repent and come back and, and change this behavior or listen, you just got to leave. We got to remove you from fellowship. It's there in the Bible. There's you can't get around that. And, and and I do think that this again is the is the the biggest issue with with Andy Stanley's church. Everything else is just an outworking of that. The reason that they do the things that they do. The reason he holds the position that he holds on this uh, LGBTQ issue is an outgrowth of the fact that the church North Point Church is operating like a business. And they want thoroughly satisfied customers. So this whole controversy with Andy Stanley, um, you know, the LGBTQ thing, it's that's just the issue of the day. There will be other issues in the future, and they will likely follow the same suit because the problem, the, the, the position that they're operating from, that the church is a business, is flawed. We can't necessarily draw a big circle and just include anybody we want in the church. There has to be some lines drawn. So... Uh, that's the episode for today. I hope you enjoyed it. Have a good one. While Faith and Focus is a ministry of mine as a missionary within faith, the views and opinions and lifestyle of people appearing in this podcast don't necessarily reflect the views and opinions and endorsements of in faith as a mission.